is Monday, May 16th, 2022. This is Marissa Rothermel here with Emily Smith, CEO and founder of Teleteachers, and we are here to get our show started online and inspired. How are you today, Emily? I am jazzed having met you in person last week. That was such a treat. I'm so glad that you're still talking to me after all of that. <laughs> I, have I can to be say- a lot. I have never met anyone like you. And I say that in the most positive, endearing way possible. (laughs) You are a ray of sunshine. Oh, I appreciate that. I think that's because I was blinding you with my full sequin outfit last week, though. So that's true. Maybe Maybe that's the sunshine bet. But let me tell you, people, you know, if you say in an email, like I thought this might work, but it turned out it definitely worked. If you say in an email before an event, find me, I'm the one in the sparkles, it really works. As long as you have the fully sequined suit jacket to back it up. People found me, no problem. It was awesome. They're like, you have got to be Marissa. And I have some pictures that I will share of this wonderfully amazing outfit uh, that I was able to rock at the Urban Collaborative last weekend uh, with Emily, where we finally met in person. It was awesome. I had such a great time. And I'm just inspired by you always. You have this way of being put together at all times on a moment's notice, like ready to speak about whatever, always looking good doing it. Like just, I'm so impressed all the time. And you're, you're wearing multiple hats. Like you just I don't know. You were always ready. And I I feel like I need to learn a little bit about that. That's awesome. You were so kind. I feel like these conferences are showtime. I get so excited about them and you don't know what's going to come up. Like, you know, the second day they asked me to run a consultancy and I was (laughs) so excited and I'd never done it before. And I'm like, sure. You know, it's so I think just being prepared for anything, but I can be really intense. So um, I'm a Capricorn uh, for <laughs> to, you know, to a T. So I mm-hmm. was a little concerned that, um, you know, I, you put up with me for several days. Kudos to you. Um, I found your intensity perfect. And it matched my intensity as a Leo, you know, like as long as you throw the occasional compliment my way, I am just pleased as punch. I'll walk around strutting my, strutting my lion's mane, just you know, rocking my glitter outfit, being loud and meeting everybody and just having a great time. And I thought that we really, uh, we, we fit each other's strengths well, you know what I mean? We played well together and it was so, so much fun. And we met incredible people. I did not think we'd walk away with the network that we had. It, it, I've, I've heard from so many people over the weekend, you know, and we almost like blurred that lines between, uh, you know, friends and, colleagues and you know business partners and all that because we just came together enjoying what we were learning you know at this urban collaborative enjoying being with other people I feel like I've always joked that you know you can't let a special education teacher out of the classroom for too long (laughs) because like they get it they understand what's going on in their room but like when we're out and out in the world it's it's time to cut loose you know when everyone has a great story to share about oh this one crazy time this or this one wild time this and that's what it was we were up late having a great time just just being proud of who we are and the progress we make in education and and t- figuring out how we're going to tackle the future you know it's yes, wild absolutely and and getting to hang out with some of our existing clients who are just the bomb diggity, so fun, and just the best people. And we even 
met homicide detectives <laughs> in Baltimore, fantastic. which was very interesting. Can we just say that that probably won't happen again? But I, uh, yeah, I, for the people that were able to be out with us, uh, that was not planned. Okay, none of us committed a homicide. Let's be clear here. We did not meet homicide detectives because we were being interviewed. Oh, <laughs> I should have added more context around that comment. I'm very, very sorry. Yeah. Nor did we witness a homicide, though. What a memorable event that would have been. I'm so glad we didn't. Um, but uh, we were out having a uh, an after hours dinner with some of our partners and who were awesome. Shout out to Wiley. Um, had a great time meeting people and the Baltimore Homicide Department was there and we got to know them and have a lot of laughs and learn some stories. And uh, it was it was pretty cool. It was not planned. It was not planned not at all. Planned. I don't know how we top that for our district partners there. I, like, where do you go from homicide department? <laughs> You don't. <laughs> I don't think you do. I don't think you do. You I think we clap. Yeah, exactly. We'll come up with something cool for next time, but it, it's probably not going to be that. But it was it was so great to actually meet you and, uh, you know, meet you in, in real life, in the reels, and, and meet all of these wonderful people. It was so much fun. I'm ready to go do it again, 100%. It was so great. It was so great. And the city of Baltimore, shout out for putting up with our convention, because there was another convention there. Uh, it was a bunch of construction workers. And every time I rode an elevator with someone from the construction group, they were like, boy, I wish I was in yours because everybody's so much happier and having a good time. And I think that we left uh, an impression. I think we left an impression on the city of Baltimore for the weekend <laughs> that we were there. We had a great time. Everyone was smiling all the time, which was awesome. Well, I think it just speaks to the job of the educator and of the school leader, especially as it relates to special education. I mean, you've got to just bring some levity when you're together because the jobs that our school leaders do, our teachers do, is just massive and overwhelming. And they're tackling just really critical problems in step you know, problems that can't easily be solved. So I think that also just getting a group of people together that understand what it's like that are in similar shoes is all about just kind of relaxing, bringing levity to what we're working towards. And, and um, yeah, so I think that I I think it was a nice break for everybody. I think it was. I think it was. And it was people from all across the United States. And this is the first time that everyone's gotten together since before the pandemic. So it was really awesome to be with people again. And I know you felt some of that, like just being out, sense of normal, normalcy. There were still masks around, you know, everyone was still carrying their sanitizer, all that kind of stuff. But like, it also still felt normal. Like you could go out and do things. You could have a conversation, um, you know, coming from New York state originally, you know, that it's still very, very closed down in some areas, you know, it was really, uh, it was really just nice to be with colleagues. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. I'm already looking at my calendar saying, okay, where can I be somewhere else in person networking shoulder to shoulder with, you know, people, um, you know, that, that I need to be in conversation with. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And I look forward to hearing about what those adventures bring <laughs> and how many other homicide departments you can meet along the way. <laughs> yes. Within context. Within context. Yes. Please don't go on a murder spree just to meet them. That's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you got home. I'll tell you what, uh, travel was great. I, but I met, this was the first time I was away from my daughter. All right. So I was a little bit like, 
is she going to be okay? And of course she was. My wonderful husband took care of her. My mother-in-law flew down to give my husband a break because, you know, that was a long stretch. We were gone for around three days. And of course I was still exhausted when I got home, but I got home and my kid who has always been a good eater has, okay. She's already always been a great eater. She become like a great, great eater. She was eating curry while I was gone. She was eating fish while I was gone and I came home and she's got a new phrase. This is my kid who did not talk two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, she had nothing other than like mommy and, and no mommy. All right. Now she's coming up to me. What doing? What doing? Sit down. No mommy. (laughs) There is so much. And now like the questions are starting and I got a why this morning when I told her now and she just looks at me. Why? I was like, oh my God, you are 20 months. I didn't think you're supposed to be starting with the whys yet. And I'm so scared now for what, <laughs> what this is becoming because she's talking so much already. But it this was- is a, And that's a great plug for Better Speech and Hearing Month. That's what I was thinking. What a segue. <laughs> yeah, look at all of those milestones that she hit. And so quickly and so quickly. So and that's quickly. it. Right now, May is National Better Hearing and Speech Month. And I feel like you need to shine in this entire month because your background is speech and language pathology. And the goal of this month is to raise awareness about communication disorders and the role of American speech language hearing members to provide life altering treatment. Because I mean, imagine how frustrating it is to either not be able to speak or not be able to speak clearly. And you just want to communicate your thoughts and feelings and wants and needs. And, you know, I'm sure that's what led you to, to speech, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. Well, I mean, kind of what led me was, I mean, my mom was a special ed teacher as, as many of our listeners know, and I saw the amazing speech pathologist that worked as her colleagues in her classroom. Um, But also, you know, being a parent over the last two years has really opened my eyes. I mean, I have a master's degree in this stuff, and it's still overwhelming to think about your kid's speech. And are you giving them the right opportunities? And are you playing with them enough? And are you speaking to them? And what's normal and what's not? Mm -hmm. And my heart goes out for, you know, parents that don't have the resources or the support or the knowledge to be able to know, okay, is my kid developing appropriately in the area of speech and language? And so there's, there are great resources that we can link after the show on asha.org that have milestones. I think it's for, they break it down into every six months so that you can know exactly, you know, what um, milestones your child's supposed to be hitting. But yeah, it is, it's been, there have been many times where I've stepped back during, you know, the course of seeing Maddie's speech and language develop. And I thought, am I really an expert at this? Cause I feel like <laughs> I, yes, I know how, you know, I know what's supposed to be happening and she's doing excellent. Um, but also, man, uh, there, there are a lot of community resources that people can tap into, especially for kids under the age of three, mm-hmm. um, if a parent is concerned about their child's development. So I just really encourage those types of inquiries into um, birth to three programs. Well, yeah, I, I mean, early intervention is where it's at. I, I worked in early intervention and, you know, the kids who receive those services before the age of five are often out of service by the time they hit five, because they've made up the gains that they needed mm-hmm. to do to, to make up. But I think maybe you can talk to this a little bit. Didn't they just change the language guidelines for 
um, the developmental guidelines like all of our milestones and wasn't language a big part of it? Because I feel like that's the discrepancy I'm hearing about right now with uh, my my friends and family who have children is that some doctors, some pediatricians are still looking at older guidelines. And then now these revised guidelines are out and they have completely different standards for language. Have you had Mm -hmm. an opportunity to look at those at all? Yeah, admittedly, I have not been super aware of, of what's happening in this space outside of the fact that, you know, all of my SLP friends are just really not happy about it. Um, And so what that tells me is that I, you know, and I, I'll do some research on kind of what happened, but um, you know, I I would just encourage everybody that don't, don't wait to get intervention. I mean, if you have a concern as a parent or, you know, the, the worst thing that you can do is, is wait and see. Yes. There are some things where, you know, if a speech pathologist tells you, Oh, you know, let's just wait and see. Great. But if that's coming, you know, doctors are amazing, amazing primary care physicians. um, You know, they, they are so knowledgeable, but they're not speech and language experts. So, I mean, that's, that's something that parents just, just really need to be able be empowered to seek out those types of resources and not look to just the primary care physician or the the, the pediatrician, because because they're not experts. No, um, not with speech and language. No, they're ex- yeah. they're experts in so many things, but not necessarily, you know, your talking milestones. Whereas a speech and language pathologist went to school specifically for this and and have the interventions at the ready to help you, you know, or to set you up with the people who can help. And that's the thing they always tell you, especially when it comes to babies, you know, don't compare your child to others. That said, that said, there, there is a but with this. The but is if you have a gut feeling that something is just not as it should be, you know, I, I would hesitate to use the word wrong. It's not wrong. It's just not what you expected or not where you believe your child should be. Start those conversations. That's it. Early intervention services in most, if not all states are free provided by the county that you live in. You know, you can have a speech language therapist coming to your home or being provided um, services within a uh, early childhood classroom setting. You know, there's so much that can be done. So if you have concerns, just start the conversation. It doesn't hurt. And don't be afraid of a second opinion. Um, I know that I don't know what you were involved with going through college and stuff, but I have a good friend who uh, was involved with Walk for Apraxia of Speech. And that was this last weekend in my hometown. And apraxia of speech is uh, where the brain struggles with lip, jaw, and tongue movements. Um, Are there other big walks that people could join or other sponsors that you're aware of? Or is that kind of the main one for speech and language month? Do you have any idea? Yeah, I I, I haven't heard um, of any other walks. I mean, I think that there are, you know, different types of disorders uh, that, um, and disabilities that lead to speech and language difficulties, um, you know, such as Parkinson's or, um, you know, uh, Down syndrome, you know, Mm -hmm. some of, some of the folks that are, um, you know, that are with it, fall within those groups also require speech and language. So I know that there's always big events, um, but I'm not, 
specifically sure if others are tied to this month. Tied to this month. That was what I was thinking too, is that, you know, I'm so aware of speech, language, and hearing month, but the only big walk that I know of, which kind of surprises me just as, you know, how big and involved speech is, I was kind of surprised that the only one I'm aware of when I was looking at a calendar for May was this one. So I thought that was a little surprising, but for all those who did go out and walk this weekend for the walk for apraxia, kudos to you. Uh, Keep showing your support because it is, that's a very difficult thing to, to live with, you know, where your brain is just not cooperating with, with your movements and speech language therapy can help so much. And today's the 16th, but we're two days away. So happy national speech pathologist day to you two days early, Emily. (laughs) How does one, how does one thank a speech pathologist? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. How do you Uh... say thank you? Well, if you've got young children um, or you know young children, you can read aloud to them. Ooh, um, that's a good one. <laughs> there's yeah. ASHA, the American Speech Language Hearing Association, Association has a campaign, read aloud 15 minutes, every mm-hmm. child, every parent, every day. So um, I'm sure every speech pathologist would be jumping up and down if households across the country um, started reading out loud more to their kids. It's something that we know to do, but just to think about it and to make time for it and to have books accessible, um, you know, so that uh, read to your idea. kid. Thank you. Speech Great. That's a gift. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You're actually just so everyone knows you are also uh, helping every special education teacher out there as well. <laughs> that is a gift to everyone in the education community. Read, 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 read. Uh, we have a routine and I'm so glad that we set it up before bedtime where we do read a book uh, before bed, you know, sometimes too, but we've been stuck on the same book for a literal month right now. And I don't know if it's because my husband and I now have the same tune and we sing it together at bedtime every night, but we've been stuck on polar bear, polar bear for what feels like forever. And she knows this book inside out. You can ask her any animal and she'll point to it to identify it but she's obsessed with showing us each animal's toes right now and we cannot pass a page without her being like toes 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 yes every animal on this book has four toes or that's not true the flamingos in there but anyway yes they've all got toes and it takes 15 minutes to read this five minute book what's uh maddie's favorite right now we're big big fans of pinkalicious Oh, Pinkalicious. Yeah, you know, yes, yes. So that's our favorite. But oh, my goodness, it's the cutest thing ever. Maybe we could put a picture on socials. So I I read the newspaper usually every morning um, or every day at some point. And just like a, you know, little lady sitting next to me, she, she snuggles up, she gets under the quilt with me and she wants her newspaper. So we've been (laughs) And then we point to all the pictures. So we've, we've been very into That's the newspaper. adorable. And you read an actual physical newspaper. Yes. Wow. I'm so glad to know they still exist. <laughs> they still exist. Yeah. I, there's just something nostalgic. And I don't know, the way that my mind thinks and works, if I can see something, if I can hold it mm-hmm. in my hands, I'm going to remember that story. And I'm going to, you know. I don't know. It's experiential reading that I, I just get can't that. get off of a tablet. I get that. I can't read from an e-reader. I can't. I have to have a physical book. I need that paper. I need that book binding smell, especially if it's an old book. I've got these books from my childhood. They're my, they're my father's Nancy Drew books, but they're like 
original editions you you open that up and it's like out of a comic book i swear fly like the moth paper moths come out because it, and and the whole room begins to smell like old paper not in a gross way but like in a library way and so i get that it's kind of your newspaper uh, yes. feeling that's really cool and you get to have the ink on your fingers which is a wonderful sensory experience right and my, my mom always cleaned windows with newspapers I've heard about that. I've oh, heard that yeah. you have to do that. How's that so, work? You know, great. So after <laughs> we're done reading the paper, we go over to the window and, you know, clean the windows and, That's, you know. It's, do you still it's, use spray or do you just like rub the? I I use spray. You spray. Like Windex or water and vinegar. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, you get, you get all your use out of. Of, That's great. I mean, reduce, reuse, recycle. And I'm sitting here looking at my windows so much in need of cleaning and thinking maybe I'll sign up for the local newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fun. So uh, to wrap up kind of our whole conversation around uh, National Better Hearing and Speech Month, uh, a couple tips from the CDC I did pull off because, you know, we like to leave everybody with a little bit of knowledge. So one of the big things is that noise is now being acknowledged as an important public health issue. And I think we kind of always heard about that, but we were thinking like construction sites and airplanes and like these big loud things. But it turns out that over 50% of people aged 12 to 35 listen to music via personal audio devices, such as earphones at volumes that pose a risk to their hearing. And I'm so glad you're talking about this. Yeah. I'm going to get on my speech pathologist soapbox. <laughs> yeah, you don't realize it, that you're doing it either. You don't I mean you don't you you just have to like barely listen in and you know be used to the fact that yeah you're likely never going to listen to really loud music again and yeah. that's fine it is and so what they're saying is that a rule of thumb for staying safe is to keep the volume below 60 percent on your device and if you frequently use personal audio devices around loud sounds instead of turning the volume up try using noise canceling earphones or headphones and having invested in good headphones recently, what a difference it makes. It does make it so you can listen to your volume at a much lower level because you're, you're blocking everything out. And I think that's where people run into trouble is that, you know, they're, they're turning up the volume to cancel out everything around them when they could just try to get a better pair of headphones to address, address the issues in a different way. Absolutely. 100% behind this. <laughs> there we go. Soapbox time. Emily wants Emily wants everybody to uh, pay attention to what they're putting in their ears. 100%. All right. Let's talk uh, books. We did pre-record our guest today. So what we're going to do is we're going to put our guest at the end of our show today. Uh, just, just the way that this works. And I think it's going to be a natural segue. So we were able to record a live podcast with uh colleague of ours up at Urban Collaborative, and we will introduce him a little bit more in a few minutes. But let's talk books first. So my book, I kind of took um, a note out of this, this better speech and hearing and communication and apraxia and all of that. And I am recommending the book, Look Me in the Eye, My Life with Asperger's Syndrome. So while it's not necessarily tied to a speech disorder, students are adults and children, everybody on the autism spectrum tend to have difficulty with communicating their thoughts. And this author, John Elder Robison, 
he grew up in a very chaotic household and he was communicating differently than those around him. He would kind of spontaneously say his thoughts. He had trouble organizing his thoughts and for how he communicated. And he was not diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome until the age of 40. So he was an adult diagnosis and he kind of talks about that. And you may recognize his name. And I, I point this out because he is the brother of Augustine Burroughs, who is of Running with Scissors fame. And that is a super famous book. I definitely read it several times when I was um, a late teen and aspiring special education teacher. And I believe it's even been made into a movie. So look me in the eye, my life with Asperger syndrome, definitely a favorite among the speech pathologists that I know, and definitely a good can't put down read. How about you, Emily? Do you have a book today? Yeah, my book, my book today is called Group by Christy Tate, How One Therapist in a Circle of Strangers Saved My Life. Ooh. This is a phenomenal, phenomenal book about, um, uh, you know, a woman who's very, very successful, but also has a lot of things to deal with um, uh, in, in her past and moving forward. And she joins a group therapy session. Which oh. I thought, hmm, this sounds interesting. And uh, it was part of Reese's book club. That's how I originally heard about it. Uh, but just, um, yeah, it's, it's really, it's a, it's a tremendously impactful read in the way that it frames how we have to connect and communicate and trust people. And um, yeah, highly, highly recommend Group by Christy Tate. That sounds awesome. That sounds like a super great book. Now, have you read this book or was it recommended to you? I've read it. You've read it. Okay. Yeah. And, and it's, it goes on my shelf as a book to read again. Oh, I love those. I Do you have a yeah. special shelf for that? Because I totally do. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I have like my favorites. And now, now that I've moved a few times as an adult, you know, I've whittled out the ones that, you know, I like, or they're talking pieces. These are my, I'm going to read these again, not once, not twice, not three times. And they're the books that if somebody is like, oh, give me a book recommendation, I can turn my turn to my shelf and be like, any of these are fantastic. <laughs> I definitely have, I can talk books until the cows come home. <laughs> Uh, let's see. All right. So I mentioned that we're going to do our um, guest speaker at the end today. I think it just makes sense the way that our uh, podcast is going today and how we recorded while there. So let's go right into Tech Talk. And for me, this is, this is, I know that you have had no time to do anything techie because you've been on this entire week talking teleteachers and all that stuff. And I'll tell you that mine is nothing but fluff. All right. And mine is I'm obsessed with this new profile pic app. Have you seen it where everybody is like getting cartoonized, getting uh, almost looking like portraits? Have you have you checked this out? Have you played with it at all? Well, no, but I saw the one that you sent to us and I was like, wow. It's pretty cool, right? I introduced so many people. So a friend of mine, it started out with a friend of mine posted a picture of her baby and it looked done as a portrait. And I was like, oh my goodness, who did this? Can you give me their contact information? I need to have this done for my daughter. It looks incredible. And she's like, no, it's totally a free app. Uh, Get with it because everyone's been using this for days. (laughs) And I downloaded it and I just went through my phone and I started making all of these beautiful portraits. And if you have no idea what we're talking about, 
uh, a, I think it is our new online and inspired photo for Instagram. Maybe it's not. Anyway, I'll have a post. I'll have a post that I'll be putting up. It's an app literally called new profile pick, and it just takes your selfies and turns them into portraits. And it looks really, really cool. You also put this on Twitter, which I am so yes. delighted to welcome you into the Twitter world. It's been a long time coming. And it has been. It has been. I, I, I think know. You enjoy it. I'm like I needed one more platform, right? <laughs> one more. Because of course, when I set up a Twitter for online and inspired, which is at online inspired, by the way, of course, when I set one up for that, I also set one up for my personal self and all of the random things that, you know, fall out of my brain. And I'm having so much fun with it. I think I'm, I have a lot to learn, but yeah, we are officially active now on Facebook, on Instagram and on Twitter. And we do have a TikTok account that we occasionally use when we feel so inspired. Um, well, I, I do have to say that I got a notification that I had a new follower on Twitter. Um, oh. And so I, I went there. Well, I, I saw on my phone and it said at sparkle wrist. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, I know who that is. Oh, I know who that is. (laughs) Hey, and then I did a little happy dance that you'd finally gotten Twitter. I, yeah, I'm with the times now officially. I have a Tweety. Uh, Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's fun. I sometimes struggle with the character limit. I do find myself using a lot of photos still, but I'm having a good time and, and probably going to be posting far too much in the coming days now that I'm home and resettling. But that's kind of uh, talking about our social media is kind of what I uh, wanted to change our segment. We we talked about TikTok a little bit when we were getting started, but really the conversation that we wanted to start is influencers that we admire because, you know, we are active on social media. You are, I am, we have all of these wonderful people putting out such wonderful content and inspiration and it's nice to showcase them too. And I'll share you one of my my favorite influencers, though I have several. So stay tuned in coming weeks to hear more. Uh, is Sarah Nicole Landry, also known as the Bird's Papaya. Are you familiar with her at all, Emily? No. She's amazing. And as a uh, woman who has recently had a daughter, I suggest you check her out. Her big thing is body confidence, motherhood, and talking about life and love after massive change in her life. You know, she'd been previously married, divorced, and now she is remarried, uh, has children from, I think, her own personal previous marriage. Her, Her husband has children from a previous marriage and now they have a new baby together and she is just an absolute inspiration and posts those pictures showing that like your body doesn't come back in a couple days guys you know and just her positive outlook on life I just love her and she's at the birds papaya on all social media so just just totally my favorite do you have a favorite influencer well, I'm going to check her out. Um, <laughs> in honor of speech and uh, hearing month, um, one of my favorite influencers is also a speech language pathologist uh, at Geek Barbara. Ooh. Barbara Fernandez, founder and CEO of Smarter, Smarty Ears and okay. Smarty Symbols. Um, we've talked about her a little bit on the show. She was the first creator of any app speci- specifically for speech therapy. She has great content. She is a bundle of energy and um, showcases uh, her amazing products, which are, you know, really, really cool to see. Um, 
and just she's just the most positive person. Uh, every time I see a story pop up from her, I get excited because I know that it's probably going to be her like doing uh, an Instagram story from her Zumba class or riding her motorcycle <laughs> or something crazy that that's just her. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. So at geek Barbara, I can't wait to check her out. That's going to be so much fun. Um, all right. So obviously our question for the week naturally has to be who are your favorite influencers? And one of the questions posed to me last week after I asked what's your favorite ice cream flavor was, um, where do we post our responses? Which, you know, maybe I didn't do a great job of covering. Okay, so Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you can direct message on any of those things if you don't want to say out, you know, out in the public forum, so to speak, what your favorite thing is or whatever your response. We love to hear from you. And so via messaging directly, I did get some love for vanilla and butter pecan as favorite ice cream flavor. And Emily, you weren't here last week, so... What's the answer? What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Ooh, anything with chocolate in it. But I Mm. ordered some from Instacart two days ago, admittedly, over the weekend. (laughs) And it was uh, cashew milk vanilla ice cream. Ooh, that sounds really good. Yeah, which usually, like, just give me, like, Ben and Jerry's, like, regular all day long. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But trying to be a little bit healthier and mm-hmm. uh it was actually good yeah that <laughs> sounds shocked. good cashew yeah. milk I would never have thought about that I would not have thought I so many milks out there I'm an oat milk fan personally uh yes. you know coming from an almond milk before that but uh yeah we've been on an oat milk kick here and I have not really ventured into alternative ice creams aside from well, the adult flavor infused ice creams, <laughs> which are delightful. <laughs> but yes, check it out. It's really I good. And I will. Also coconut milk, uh, chocolate chip cookie dough. Oh, that sounds good. I'm down for cookie yeah. dough, anything, anything cookie so I was dough. trying to like, you know, just mix it up, live outside yeah. the box, you know, do something wild and exciting. So that was what? wild and exciting for me this weekend. That sounds, that sounds great. And what an awesome segue because our guest at, this is totally not planned. And one of those perfect happenstances, uh, was that our guest for this week is Marty from Teach Town. And he's another vendor that we met up in Baltimore and is doing some wonderful programming, offering curriculum for students who are significantly involved, have very big developmental, uh, delays and they're helping access or they're helping write and then access curriculum just like their general education peers. But why is that connected to ice cream, you ask? And that is because on the last day of the conference, Teach Town showed up with branded ice cream with cute names like social skills, strawberry, etc. from eCreamery, and it was delicious. So with that, we're going to introduce Marty from Teach Town. Here we go. Good afternoon. This is Marissa here in Baltimore, Maryland for Online and Inspired and Teleteachers. And I have a special guest with me, Marty, the man who uh, rides the escalator backwards, or at least that's what is rumored (laughs) to be true. And he is here joining me to tell us a little bit about his project as we meet and network with a million people. It's been so much fun. How are you enjoying yourself so far? It's been a blast. It's been fun to see people that you know 
you know, from uh, from years past. Uh, but there's a great mix from around the country. Obviously, it's always fun to run into new people, which is how you and I met, Marissa. That's true. Yeah, we're here at the uh, Urban Collaborative Conference, and we have people who teach uh, in urban settings all coming together to kind of problem-solve some of the, the issues in education right now and putting your heads together for special needs and equity in education and just seeing what kind of magic we can make. And Specifically, this one in the area of transition for those kids who are exactly. you know, making the move from high school to whatever they're going to do next. Exactly, and what an exciting time that is. We've had some students give some talks. We've had some students performing. I saw a violinist yesterday, and then today there was a really wonderful drum and dance event, uh, and had a panel of kids talking about you know what their after school or after, you know their transition plans are. And I think uh, one yesterday really won most of the room's heart because she said, "I want to build houses, but then I want to sell them." There you go. So, you know, she's going to, she's looking at construction and real estate. So, you know, an all in one system with her, which is awesome, awesome goals. So, but Marty, who are you? What do you do? Why are we sitting together on yeah. a couch talking right now? Uh, well, uh, A, because you invited me. It's true. But, um, <laughs> and we just met last night mm-hmm. uh, and that was fun. But uh, yeah, Marty Chavez, I work for a company called Teach Town. And I am, my official title is the Senior Account Executive for the Western United States. And so I am uh, particularly focused on those school districts west of the Mississippi um, that are the larger districts in the country. Mm -hmm. And typically a more complex, more red tape, more, you know, steps. (laughs) The fun stuff. More, uh, you know, hoops to jump through kind of of situations. But... um, I've been working in the ed tech industry now for about uh, 12 years after uh, after being in the classroom for nine. Okay, okay. And what did you teach when you were in the classroom? I, I taught special ed. I got okay. my, uh, my undergrad is in entrepreneurial management, and then uh, I went on and got my master's degree in special ed. Okay, and what age range were you teaching? When I started, it was high school, mm-hmm. and uh, that's when I was in California, and then I made the move to Texas and continued in high school, but then finished up in middle school. Okay, so a little bit kind of upper grade levels mostly. And yeah, the little kids scared me. I mean, I, I needed to be able to try to have a conversation with, you know, people in the room at some point. Yeah, no, the, the little kid teaching life is where I've spent most of my time, and yeah. uh, it, it is a whole different conversation strategy, 100%. you got to be ready to jump topics from, you know, Spider-Man to changing clothes to... I, I don't even know. I can't be as random as a kid. You lose that as you, as you get. Yeah, and depending on the clientele that you teach, you might still have to do Spider-Man that and changing true. clothes at the secondary level. That you is just never absolutely know. true. That is absolutely true. All right, so you say that you're with Teach Town, and I'm assuming you're not going around building towns just for teachers. Right. So what, what is Teach Town? So Teach Town, uh, and to be honest with you, before I, became, before I started with Teach Town, I really didn't know that much about the company. I'd heard that we offer or that the company offered a social skills program, but that was really about it. And then um, I got recruited by a friend of mine who worked for the company. Uh, He knew my reputation, particularly in Texas, uh, where I live, and uh, thought it would be uh, great to have me on board. And so I learned that TeachTown is doing things for the moderate to severe population that, frankly, has never been done before, and it's not being done anywhere else. Uh, But TeachTown... 
uh, develops curriculum that's rooted in evidence-based strategies. And uh, it's a K-12 curriculum as, long, as well as some interventions that are really kind of cool for uh, basically we say 18 months to 18 plus. Right? I like that. 18 months to 18 plus. That's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. And so you're working with students with developmental disabilities um, and work at, you're, you're providing curriculum. You're showing evidence-based practices right. and saying, hey, here, do you, you help figure out where they are, I assume, and, and Sure. Where There's they a go diagnostic there. and evaluation process. Um, we staff uh, some of the greatest, brightest minds uh, who are BCBAs, BCBADs, mm-hmm. uh, developmental psychologists, and the like. Uh, and so all of our curriculum is developed by these types of, you know, really smarter people than I. Okay, okay. And uh, so we provide the curriculum, but more importantly, in some ways, we provide the professional development to help the staff be able to deliver the uh, instruction in a manner that's consistent with those evidence-based practices. Okay, so do you have people that go out to your sites yeah. and, the, and they do the training? It's hands-on. It's, yep. Oh, that's And they're all BCBAs, so they're really... They get it. They get it, and they have street cred. They've been in districts, so it's not just a bunch of teach town hacks that (laughs) understand the curriculum and can just, you know, recite it verbatim. They're going to be able to talk to people about their own experiences in the classroom when they got bit, when they had (laughs) students, you know, you know, stripped down or elope or whatever, or all the above, right? All of the reality of working in special education program, 100%. And I think that's one of the things that makes this conference so much fun is that we're all here together and we're, we're trading our stories and relating to each other in the special education world. And it's it's so much fun. All right, so Teach Down, that is very cool. And I will share your information on all of our socials, of course. Cool. So let's learn a little bit more about you. Uh, you're focused on West of the Mississippi. You were a special education teacher. Now you're, it sounds more on like the red tape financial semantics. <laughs> you know, thing. You're here at a conference representing a company, so obviously kind of inner working. You're doing a lot. You're traveling. How do you maintain a work-life balance? Um, Yeah, that's always the challenge, right? Because there's certainly some times of the year that are busier than others, um, right now being one of those busier times. But I would say, uh, Marissa, there's probably two things that I do. One is I try to not... Uh, travel more and be gone more than three nights in a row. Okay. So that's just kind of one uh, aspect of it. Another thing that I do when I'm not traveling is I really uh, make time for myself. And what I mean by that is my colleagues know that uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Marty has time marked off in his calendar. Yes. And I'm going to be, I'm going to spend that time, you know, that hour, hour and a half, uh, at Orange Theory, make, getting yep. my getting my sweat on and yep. making sure that I, you know, I that stay healthy. That self care time. Yeah, yeah. and uh, but it's it's good for me mentally. It's good for me in lots of different ways. So just to, to stay grounded and to clear my head and you know and not travel too much, but I will travel and get the job done when it needs to be done. Right, so. right. You know, get home every three days. Make sure you get your Orange Theory time in yeah. and. It's funny, everyone that we've had coming on recently has been talking about, yes, I put this time, I put the me time in my calendar. And I think that's such a great concept. And it seems to be kind of like universal practice now. It's oh, like, really? no, I'm carving out my time. It's on my calendar. People can see that I'm just not available for this hour, this hour and a half. Um, because, you know, self-care is starting to come to the forefront. And I think especially in education, we're hearing more and more about that. Uh 
because our our teachers are working really hard our parents oh, are yeah. working really hard it, there's so much going on in education and so much expectation on you know really every single staff member that enters a school building right yeah. now um and and our virtual teachers as well because it's when you're working virtually i can tell you 100 percent it's it's hard to turn off you know yeah. you your phone is with you your phone is something that connects you to your workplace and it, walking away you know no one walks away from their phone it's not possible i mean i have a 20-step commute every day right <laughs> uh to my office and my home and you're right it's it's easy to just hustle all the time uh, it's not uncommon for me to get emails from uh, from special ed directors mm-hmm. or texts or whatever at you know nine o'clock at night yep. and and whatever and there's one uh, associate uh, no she's an assistant superintendent whose name shall remain confidential <laughs> but uh, we've established this thing where it's not uncommon for her to message me at 11 o'clock at night uh, right. because uh, and it happened this week and she's like Marty I'm sorry this this is the first chance I've had to get to it yeah that's the reality that is a hundred percent the life I live as well where you know this you're busy doing what it is that you're doing during the day and you know it's yeah. 11 o'clock at night it's midnight so Education, especially with uh, all of today's technology, it can be very hard to kind of take that me time. So it's good to hear that that you prioritize it. And I love the calendar. I love hearing that people put it on the calendar. Yep. Uh, So how do you personally live inspired? I know that I was chatting a little bit about my my hobbies with beekeeping and building things and smoking meat a little bit earlier, but I never gave you a chance to talk. You have like some random things going on (laughs) in your life, Marissa. Uh, That's for sure. Never Um, bored. (laughs) Yeah. So how do I, what was the question again? How do you live inspired? Tell the teachers like to tell people to live inspired. It's one of our, our unofficial mottos. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, you have to have something that uh, that motivates you, that helps you get out of bed in the morning and uh, all of that. And, um, you know, my whole uh, journey, if you will, to get to this point started, uh, and this kind of connects to the Living Inspired question, started after uh, my first child was born. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I, I had a small technology company and I, I learned very quickly that I could always go and make more money, but I could, <laughs> but I couldn't go and make more time. That's right. And That's so true. time with uh, my wife and my son became the number one priority. So my wife was an elementary teacher, and so at the time I thought, wow, wouldn't it be cool if I just started teaching, so we could have summers off, and we could have <laughs> our, uh, that was my yep. that was my true motivation. And then uh, my first. Uh, so I so I sold my company and I became a substitute teacher. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I became a resident sub at the same high school every day. I would show up and they displaced me. Well, I don't know why, but they thought I'd do well in special ed classes, and it honestly Scoop freaked me out a bit. Yeah. yeah. And next thing I know, the teacher's on maternity leave, and so I'm teaching this algebra class to resource students in the high school, and having to like read the teacher's edition the night before mm-hmm. so I'd know how to do it mm-hmm. the following kind of morning. Learn algebra yourself, yeah. But one thing led to another and I realized, man, I've really got okay, I can I don't know what it says about me, but I can really relate to these I people. Get this. I yeah. get it. And uh, so I went on to uh, I was inspired to go and get my master's degree. Mm-hmm. So I got my master's in 
in special ed. And then after I moved to Texas, uh, I worked uh, in uh, an emotionally disturbed uh, classroom uh, at a at the high school level. Uh, that was a that was a wake up call for That's me. That's a lot I, different uh, than algebra. Yes, I had a uh, I had a student who was convicted of manslaughter that year. Oh, and um, and I was assaulted by one of my students. Mm-hmm. And um, it was right uh, right after he threatened to throw me out the second story window. Oh dear! So, needless to say, he got a couple of really good shots in on me. And for all anyone listening who isn't a fan of CPI or any kind of other <laughs> restraints, let me just tell you, I'm living, breathing proof that you know it can save your life. It can. Uh, yes. I, nevertheless, I was on a, what they called assault leave for six months due to the injuries wow. I sustained. Wow. And so from there, needless to say, I felt like I needed a change of scenery. You needed to do something different. Sure. So I went to a, a different school district, and that's where I had a, a classroom for severe autism. Mm-hmm. It was a middle school. Yep. And they told me there was only two students in the class, so I thought to myself, oh, what, could, what could go wrong, right? It's going to be easy. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's where I really kind of earned my street cred uh, professionally uh, for the next couple of years. And um, But after that, I had an opportunity to move into the ed tech industry, and it was the right timing for me to do that uh, because I thought I could have a greater overall impact on more Absolutely. students that way. But the, the living-inspired aspect comes from being the father of a son with autism Mm -hmm. and uh, I have two boys uh, who are just awesome Um, they're fantastic my oldest son is actually in the spirit of urban collaborative transition uh, he's about to graduate the end of this month oh that's awesome his name is Axel Axel great name Guns uh, N' Roses fan or (laughs) uh, well we did adopt the spelling AXL not you know with an E and he'd be quick to make sure you knew there was no E in it um, so, so he has, you know, being, that's really where my street cred comes okay. from, right? Yeah. So Living, I can, breathing. I can, be, I yeah. can write goals and objectives. I can, I can be in the classroom, but until you sit on the other side of the IEP table as a parent, that's right. you know, it's a different perspective. So that's a, a an, on, an ongoing inspiration for me and watching him graduate at the end of this month is going to be awesome and hard at the same time. Yeah. But, uh, knowing that he's a, a great young man and he's super smart. And he loves big, and uh, he really wants to find his place in this world. And he's got some plans after uh, after he graduates. And he just got his first job. Oh, that's awesome! What's he doing? He works at a local movie theater. That's wonderful. That's fantastic. Yeah, uh, and uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my other son. Of my, course, he's sixteen, and he's awesome, kind of at everything. <laughs> and um, his name is Diesel, and uh, I so it. I have Axel, and I have Diesel. That's. <laughs> Are you a car fan? I'm thinking. <laughs> you know, it just kind of worked out that way. It's fantastic. That's great. Those are great names and not ones you hear every day. So I'm always a fan of, uh, you know, unusual names or ones that you just don't hear. When we were choosing a name for my daughter, neither of us knew a Nora. And then every other child we meet now is named Nora. So I guess huh. our strategy of not choosing a common name totally backfired. <laughs> but up until she was born, we just didn't know any. So it's, gotcha. it's really funny how you find uh, a common names the second you're looking for something unique, I guess. Yeah. Um, wow, that sounds incredible. So did you have your special education degree 
prior to having a child with autism? Yeah, he got uh, diagnosed in kindergarten, okay. and I, I got my master's degree before, you know, kind of any of that happened. Before any of that. So you at least kind of came from a point of knowledge, you know, when you did receive this diagnosis, you know, you had a little background behind you. Yeah, but it was one of those things where I think, you know, I was so, when they, when they, when the school contacted us about uh, the autism team wanting to go in and, and, and have a look, I thought to myself, how did I miss that one? Right. right? And right. I think it's just as a parent, you're, you know, he's your baby, right? Absolutely. He's, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing going on. And, but, you know, so you can be too close to it to not see objectively. Completely, completely. So, yeah, that's, uh, what advice would you have? We have a lot of parents who are kind of going through that process right now. Uh, yeah. Do you have any advice for parents who are going through the diagnosis process, whether it's autism or something different? Yeah, you know, I think um, now he's 18 years old. So when, when he was, you know, this was like 14 years ago and autism wasn't nearly, right. there was no autism awareness month. Right. There was no right. any of those things, right? So I think it um, it's much more generally... Uh, accepted nowadays not to say that it is accepted to the extent that we would like or anything like that but uh, my encouragement is accept the child you know that you've been given yes and don't try to figure out was it the vaccinations that did it don't try to figure out was it mom what you ate or didn't eat or Mm -hmm. drank or didn't drink or any of those things that we as parents can try to beat ourselves up over when our child doesn't come out, you know, it doesn't turn out to be, you know, the one who's going to be the, you know, the starting quarterback, you know, and that's okay. He's in your life or she's in your life for some reasons that maybe you have yet to to understand. And over time, we've understood many of those things. Yes. And learned so much along the way and learned about who your child is and how awesome they are and their unique, their unique way and what they bring to the table. And that's awesome. Thank you for that advice. All right, so I know we are, you know, very slowly working through our usual questions here. Okay. I kind of skipped over number three that I usually ask, which is tell us about your journey to how you got here today. I think but I think kind I kind of covered that. Yeah. So, you know, if you wanted to add anything, go for it. But I, I wanted to make sure I gave you your time. <laughs> Maybe, uh, well, in addition to what got me to, you know, through uh, my career to special ed, after leaving teaching... I do feel like I have had a much more profound and broader impact on on kids by way of you know offering uh, products that are that are good for teachers to use, going to make their lives more streamlined, more efficient, you know what have you. Uh, I worked for an IEP software company for ten years in Texas, um, and then in twenty where are we now? Twenty in twenty twenty, end of ninety nine end of uh, 2019 that's when I got recruited to uh, to teach town and it's it was probably the best professional move that I've made that's awesome you know you have to kind of take that take that leap of faith sometimes yeah. right you know it's things are ever changing and especially in education right now there's so much happening I'm meeting so many people even at just at this event with great ideas putting out just just new stuff new ways of of looking at special education and how we can support our students with different needs and 
it's really great. So I can I, taking that leap is important. I I believe in that. Like we we're talking about earlier, I kind of have that why not approach, and yeah. it's just <laughs> why not? So why did you keep bees? I don't know. Why not? Yeah, you know, just just do it. Leap of faith. Figure out what works for you. Leaps Try can be it. scary though. Oh, they can be terrifying. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. That only adds to the excitement of success, though, right? Very much so. So when you come out of it, you've got a story, and it's very affirming. Always photos, 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 all the time. All right. So how about one book and one movie recommendation, and why? Ah, uh, okay. Uh, a book and a movie recommendation. I'm gonna do the movie first. Okay. Well, see, this is tough. I doesn't have to be related to education no it, it's definitely not going to be um <laughs> there's no way i i'm going to have to give you two so okay. you're going to get the bonus plan today I love it so the first movie is going to be the breakfast club great film great film timeless and uh you know for many reasons and hopefully the reasons are obvious uh, the Breakfast Club was that one of it was the coming of age movie when I was younger that just I still quote the movie to oh, this yeah. day in appropriate <laughs> settings. But the other movie that I would have to say uh, completely different uh, direction on this one would be A Few Good Men. Oh, that's also a great movie. I have not seen it as many times as The Breakfast Club, but boy, that's good. Strong movie contenders here. I like this. Okay. They're they're both movies that if I just happen to be flipping through and something, if I see either of them on, I have to stop. I have to stop. I'm going to watch this. That's right. This is how I'm spending my time right now. Put it on the calendar. That's right. (laughs) How about a book? Okay. uh, The book, I'm going to give you um, an unlikely answer. Okay. I'm all about it. Uh, I'm going to say The Odyssey by the Homer. Odyssey. Yeah, you've actually read The Odyssey. You just asked me for a recommendation. I do- oh, oh, I see. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> right? So This is true. But uh, the reason why I chose The Odyssey by Homer of all titles <laughs> is because I'm... Um, I'm so thoroughly impressed, and you know, here's my shameless plug, right? I'm so thoroughly impressed with the Teach Town curriculum writing team. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we do is we'll take classic literature pieces and we adapt them for the moderate to severe clientele. Oh, that's And neat. so when I told you earlier that we're doing things that have never been done before, that's different. We're taking the Odyssey and adapting it for the moderate to severe. Uh, population to be able to uh, to read and to uh, and to learn from in a manner that's you know adapted so that they can get something out of yeah, it and so that's so for some of us who have read the Odyssey you probably you know wish you just read the the, the quick notes right <laughs> there's course. a lot of fluff a lot of extra stuff in there and that's what wears you out well what if we just took the meat out of the odyssey right, right. and put it into an adapted version wow so i feel like i want to get my hands on my own adapted copy of the odyssey and read it yeah i probably enjoy it better than reading the i 100 percent would without any doubt wow without giving away proprietary secrets or anything like can like what does that look like can you talk a little bit about what an adapted version would yeah. look like i mean we're we talking like picture symbols here or? yeah so what we do is uh and this is uh what we do kate K-12, we'll, 
we'll take a whether it's Chicken Little at the elementary level or, you know, that trust, tried and true, trusted White Fang or, you know, like that in the yeah, middle school. Yeah, we'll go in and adapt them across three levels. So when we call them levels one, two, and three, just to keep it simple. So level one is going to be limited text, lots of visual supports, icons, pictures. Level two is going to be more text um, along with the visual supports. Level three is going to be even greater text but we remove the visual supports okay and right and so but when you're doing it for classic literature pieces what it does marissa is it allows you to take a student in first grade and say hey we're all going to read the jack and the beanstalk or whatever right um historically school districts that aspire to do inclusion models Uh if I may be so candid, will bring the moderate to severe, you know, students into the general ed classroom for story time or read time or whatever. But who is it really benefiting? Because those kids don't have copies of the story. Right. They can't sit there and and read them. Right. They don't have an adapted copy for for themselves. Right. So we're changing the way even inclusion can happen. Wow. Uh, And so now instead of it being the school district, being the, the primary beneficiary of, of saying they have an inclusion model, mm-hmm. now the kids who are actually in the model can benefit from yeah. that. So whether it's happening in that general ed setting, which is obviously a less restrictive environment, which is good for everybody, yep. or they're going into uh, you know their self-contained class, they have the same type of uh, stories that their non-disabled peers are reading but they're being presented both in a hard copy format as well as an e-reader format in an interactive, you know, teacher and computer-led lessons. Uh, and that's what I mean earlier when I said we're doing things that have never been done never before. Never been done. Yeah. I would have loved to have something like that when I was physically in a classroom. Me that too. That is just so cool. Me too. It really is. And you're, you're making it. You guys are providing the curriculum so the teacher doesn't need to sit there and adapt and sit on your maker software and try to, you oh, know, gosh. hammer out the Odyssey. Yeah, and, yeah. can you even imagine? <laughs> I cannot. I really cannot. So that's why, I, that's why I had to pick the Odyssey, because I, when I heard, you know, that that's, that was a title that we are doing, I was just so that's thoroughly amazing. impressed. That's but really to, But cool. to try to go through and do all of that uh, yourself, you're just never going to do it. And then if you are going to do it, um, is it going to be, you know, rooted and based on, 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 on the efficacy of uh, evidence-based practices? Right. Probably right. not, because you're just a good-hearted soul trying to slug <laughs> it out at the dollar store after you get off work. Absolutely. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing what you can make with dollar store materials, but I don't think that I could uh, recreate, you know, classic literature. Not, not right. at all. Not at all. And that compare with amazing. algorithms that are going to collect data when you do the computer right. parts. And so now it just, it's really pretty impressive. That's right. why... Uh, I say it's it, it was the best uh, career move for me because I get to work with really smart people and we're doing something that's never been done before, which is exciting. Yeah. No, I feel like you kind of covered it. You know, you, you did your shameless plug, but did you want to add anything? Because I always say, you know, after questions, I'll give you a minute, but you kind of worked that into your questions. Uh, so. Did you like how I did that? I did. That was well, really good. He took my question and he's like, I'm going to take five minutes. So there. <laughs> well, you know, I think, okay, so this is the prompted shameless plug then. yes this is prompted now you're being like all right i'm already sold because you told me about right <laughs> this is the odyssey this is just really really neat but 
anything else you want to throw in or you know self promotions okay too no, i'm not about <laughs> self promotion um despite our earlier conversation <laughs> yeah right <laughs> that was not me but that was you um no i i think nowadays when people talk about uh, special ed you hear a lot of things a lot of buzzwords like equity uh-huh. uh inclusivity yep appropriateness yep uh, things that when you and I were in the classroom weren't really you know, talked about the way that they just weren't. Teach Town's changing that game. You can't go into a, uh, a situation anymore and say, oh, those are the kids who we're going to put in the separate room yeah. out in the field. And, you know, and so by bringing a new level of, uh, of equity, and because uh, here's another thing, we do all of our own, all of our own illustrations in, in-house. Oh, wow. That's so, cool. so not only do we adapt them, but we illustrate. And so that gives us the creative freedom to ensure that our students, Teach Town kids, when they access our curriculum, they're looking at people that look like them. That look like them. That's right. right. So you have in-house artists. So you're making it modern. You're making it inclusive. Barefoot Books is a company that I really adore because of their inclusive art. I will have to check out some of uh, Teach Towns as well. That's, yeah. That's wonderful. Teachtown.com. Absolutely. It's going to be all over our socials. Okay, Don't awesome. Worry. Marty, I really appreciate you taking the time to meet with me today and kind of bringing everyone along a little bit to the uh, Urban Collaborative and, and hearing about Teach Town and your own personal journey and all the wonderful things that you've done as uh, you know, uh, a father and and all of your journey to how you got here today. So yeah, it's been fun. It's, it's really cool. I've really enjoyed spending the last, you know, 24-ish hours with you, and uh, we'll see what kind of trouble we can cause later on. All right. Sounds good, Marissa. <laughs> Thank you for, for having me. Today. Thank you for having me. Well, that was so much fun. And Marty, a personal thank you for all of the fun that you added to the Baltimore event. Uh, You kept me laughing the entire time, and I'm so glad to have been able to connect with you and hope we run into each other again in the future at some uh, other collaborative. So thanks again, Marty. Everyone check out Teach Town and the wonderful work that they're doing. I will share all of their information on socials. And that's the end of our show today. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us today. Take a deep breath. Remember, we, the education and parent community, work better together. We innovate better together, and we don't need to be in the same physical space to do it. We are online and inspired, and we are so delighted that you've decided to listen in today. You can find us working to live our best lives online via our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter feeds. Search for Online and Inspired, where you can also find our personal handles and, of course, plenty of baby pictures. And if you're looking for a position in online learning, please check out our website at www.teleteachers.com slash join html and follow teleteachers on facebook or instagram right now we're currently setting up partnerships for the coming school year so if your district is in need feel free to reach out and we can tell you about what we can do for you stay connected stay inspired and we'll see you next week <laughs>